good. Neither of us are in our homes at this time. Absolutely not in our homes at this time. And we're actually both in the same part of the country, you could say. That's right. New England. New England. We love it. We love it. We've been there together before, actually, but apart. And we're together apart now as well, in fact, in a different way. There's something about that that just ain't right. (laughs) It just ain't right. We can never be together together in New England. Why is that? Is it still true that we've never been in Boston, Massachusetts together? Like on purpose? It is true. Yes. And that is very crazy. It's not right at all. It's not right at all. Um, Before we, you know, announce what this is, I actually have a personal question for you. I can't wait to hear it. There's a poetry bookstore in Harvard Square. Have you been there? I have been there. Do you like it? Yeah, I haven't been there probably since 2010. Perfect. It was one of the first places I visited in Boston when I was by myself after my parents left me. I said, I want to go to the poetry bookstore. Oh, my God. I walked by it today and I said, I bet my girl likes that place. I do. It's so cool. It's one of the only, if not the only, poetry bookstores in the country. I mean, super cool. And it's been open for a long ass time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's certainly the longest contiguously run. Quite good. I'm happy for them. For those yeah. that don't um, know or care, it's around the corner from the Harvard bookstore, which is actually an amazing bookstore as well, which I did go to today. And it was founded in 19 or founded. It was um, <laughs> opened, I guess, in 1932. Holy smokes. That's wild. I know. And it's cool because there's used books. Anyways, this is actually not a book podcast. This is a spare time podcast. It is spare time. But we do spend a lot of our spare time reading books. So yeah, actually, that's it's pretty that's fair. extremely true. Um, that's my friend Marie. And that's my friend Elisa. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, fabulous. I just thought of what I'll recommend. And you know what? It's going to be a book. Oh, perfect. Topical. Um, So this podcast, we discuss things that we do in our spare time. Some of those things are books. Some of them are foods and cooking. Some of them are crafts. Some of them are music and other types of art related. We do a lot of shit in our spare time. And we also like to ruminate on the psychological and philosophical definitions of spare time and what it Mm -hmm. means for us as members of this late stage capitalist world in which we reside. That's one way to put it. For it sure. is indeed one way to put it. Um, so Elisa, what, how did you spend your spare time in this month of June, 2023? June, 2023. I did, well, I was home for nearly the whole month, you could say, which was really nice, a departure from previous months. And there's something about me in this post well, it's not post, but like in this new version of the pandemic, I guess post the pandemic existing world where mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just can't quite leave my house like I used to. Like, it's just so exhausting to me. And I I often hate it. Then that's the truth about me. <laughs> so to have a Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I kind of am like, wow, this is truly the last thing in the world that I want to do. And then I do it and I'm like, that was so fun. I love it so much. You yeah, know, that's how I feel all the time now. Oh where my God. You're saying everything that I was going to say as well. Okay. Sorry. Um, so I was at home. No, don't be sorry. For the month of June, which was really nice, which means that I could attend all four sessions of my sewing class. Um, I took a knitting class and now I took a sewing class for those that are, you know, not keeping up. And let me tell you, I don't think that I really love to sew. That's actually pretty much what I learned at the sewing class. <laughs> I didn't realize that sewing was actually a lot of um, ironing. It's a lot of pressing. It's a yeah. lot of like cutting. And that's not something that I'm all that interested in doing. But I did watch <laughs> that, um, like the fake Project Runway show on Netflix. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Next I in do. Fashion with Tam. Yeah. And I did feel actually pretty cool being like, I know what you guys are up to. I see you with your um with your cutters and you're saying words like seam allowance. And I actually do know what that means, but I don't care. And mm-hmm. here's the other thing. I made a pair of pajama pants in my class. And Whoa. first and foremost, the fabric is see-through. And nobody like gave me a hint to maybe think about that. So I have... Literally like see-through, like like you can see my butt cheeks when I wear it. <laughs> um, and the fabric was like $60 and they don't look that good. So I'm like, this is actually not 
this is this is not worth it. Yeah, so, I think it's a really expensive hobby unless you are just altering things or like buying things that are fabric to use as fabric at a thrift store, which is also hard to do. Yeah, it's um it's not going to be for me. I could tell you that now. Well, now I you did know take my sewing class. You know it confidently. I know it confidently. And based on experience. Absolutely. Um, I've been spending a lot more time with my family. There's, you know, aging grandparents, et cetera. So that's mm. been a lot of my spare time. I've been swimming with my king, uh, one Bo Davin. He's my three-year-old nephew. And it's been my life's mission to teach him how to swim because that's important to me. And I love him. And this month, actually in June, he started blowing bubbles, which is, you know, major and uh, going underwater. So things are going really well with that. And I'm feeling really cool about that. Um, And attended a few concerts that were great. What about you? Yes. So similar energy. I was also home for the month. I haven't been home in June for several Junes. Um, I'm so happy for you. God, it was nice. Yeah. So I got to do a lot of pride things in DC, which is really fun and important to me. I also went to a lot of concerts. We went to some concerts together. Um, mm-hmm. We went to the Joseph concert. We went to the Brandy Carlisle concert. Uh, we saw our queen, Betty Who, at the White House Flex. And we I saw the Boy Genius concert. Um, and they were all stunning performances. So I was feeling very moved emotionally by the concert scene. Um, I've also been doing a lot of rock climbing. Um, oh. I feel like I've been doing a lot of like going to the climbing gym because there's a little bit of a like co-working area at the bouldering gym that Elisa and I are both members at. Um, so I've been like when I feel a little yellow wallpapery about my house, I'll go there and like close out my workday and then do some do some climbing. It's oh pretty gosh. cute. Um, and that. then I also have been thinking a lot about uh the weather most specifically the smoky air that we've been experiencing in washington dc in the month of june don't love that for us at all no it's actually been quite bad yeah quite bad hated it hated it hated it so hopefully that will not last too much longer but who can say really you know what i can't say but i do want to ask you perhaps an impossible question what was the best concert of the month for you really hard i have to say boy genius just because it was i think they were they were so excellent and we had such good seats um best yeah it was and it was just like so fun i was freaking out the whole time um but a close second i mean betty who certainly but i feel like that was kind of in its own category um, because we were like at an event when we saw her, it wasn't necessarily like a conventional concert experience, but I think that like a close second was Joseph. I thought they were so wonderful. It was really fun to see them. They were, their energy was amazing. They sounded, uh, they sounded beyond better than I've ever heard them. Um, they sounded so. beyond and their voices were gone. So really, oh my that. God, I know they were, I think that they've really, they've been leaving it all on the stage <laughs> for, for sure. I hope that they're on vocal rest right now. Yeah, they were amazing. I'm so happy for you about Boy Genius. And thank you. You know, we went to a concert, and a lot of what I've been thinking about this month, actually, in my spare time for real, is like concert etiquette and how it's just truly gone out the window. And I've been trying to understand like what that's about. Um, like why do I'm gonna go ahead and say it, the youth, yeah, know how to behave at a concert, like the lawn at at most venues has become actually like a travesty. And basically what I'm getting at here is like, I think I now need to be a person that gets better seats because yeah. the cheap seats are kind of ruining my vibe because the vibe in the cheap seats doesn't know how to act. Yeah. I was listening to chaotic Muna's podcast mm. the other day and they interviewed Hanif Abdurraqib, who is an author who I love, New Yorker staff writer, like cultural critic, poet, all around cool guy. Um, and he was talking about how he, he he's like a super, super, super 
wide listener. Like he listens to pretty much everything and he came up in like punk scene. He's about our age and he used to go to a million shows. And now he's like, I don't really go to shows anymore because I'm like old and I can't hang like I just, like mm. so much stuff bothers me. And I think that like part of it is I think that is kind of the way it goes down. Like you get old and your tolerance for like the general discomforts of a concert definitely decrease. But I couldn't agree more. Like I think and I think mostly it's the phones that have created a problem for me. Like I people filming themselves and like doing crazy things with no regard for the actual people that they're in the room with is like completely insufferable to me. Like it makes me crazy. So yeah, we've been talking about it a lot in our spare time. We really have. And I do think it's the phones um, in many, many ways. And on Los Culturistas, the podcast, they had um, a little known guest called Kelly Clarkston this week. We've heard Very of her. For them. Um, but her, I, I don't think so that was like, everybody needs to throw their phone away. Like, you oh all are God. crazy. And I, I can't was wait like, to listen to that. You're so right. Yeah. So I actually anyway. haven't listened to her full album either chemistry me either i need to i know i'm like what am i waiting for i don't know i'm waiting for the i'm waiting for my heart to be ready like i feel like i need to go for a run in the rain by myself and like feel my feelings about kelly clarkson's divorce marie that feels exactly right (laughs) um a quick follow-up question have you listened to the new olivia rodrigo do we care i sure have i really have and i do care Okay. You know, she is like my top artist of 2022 or, know. or whatever I year know. that was. But I'm kind of wondering, like, is she holding up for you? Does the like tailor of it all? Um, oh, my God. Well, influence... we actually maybe we should talk about the Olivia Taylor of it all and culture. But I do think that the new song I, I enjoy, it's not like. It's not as big of a banger as some of her singles from the first album, but her voice sounds crazy. Yeah, she really does have an amazing voice, but people are kind of saying that it's giving um sour this this song. For sure. And I think that's her makes, first album. I mean, it makes sense to me. I wonder I was really wondering if it's about the same guy or if it's about a different guy. Is the other guy that guy with the other girl? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Sabrina Sabrina Carpenter guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure that they're older now. He's older, but they were co-stars on High School Musical, the musical, the series together. Oh, my God. Things I just simply like don't care about. And so they just like don't, you know, what you know, it's 100 percent the same thing when you're like too old to be like, I actually don't know who these people are. Right. Like I didn't know who I did not know who they were either before Olivia Rodrigo entered my uh, my my space. My yeah, I mean, her voice is amazing, and I would love to see her live. Yeah, I'll but I that. have a feeling it's going to be really hard. We'll see. Maybe she'll play Capital One. I, know, I hope that she's spent impossible. this year that she's been radio silent doing some, like, training and coaching for singing live because she wasn't that good at it. Oh, she wasn't? She just, like, was really out of breath and, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, she just didn't have because she's never had done it before. Like, she went from, like, literally never doing a live singing performance to, like, touring at mute and playing Coachella. So like well, I have to tell you that's what we're in for with our friend Renee Rapp. Like she's only done like like the small I think she did like six extremely small rooms and that was her first ever time performing for other and where is she playing now? Where are we seeing her? The anthem. Oh my God. Yeah she's having the Olivia Rodrigo effect. I'm worried for her. Oh my God. I mean something we didn't even mention is just the tickets of it all when it comes to concerts (sighs) these days. It's hell, it's hell. Okay, anyway, speaking of all these bad things, what was the best of your month, Marie? Alisa, I have a very specific best of the month. And if you know me, it takes me a long time to think about what I want to say for my best and worst, mostly because I can't ever fucking remember anything. But when I sat down to make this document, I instantly knew exactly what would be my best. And it was the lamb chops from Daru which is an Indian restaurant in Washington, D.C. Um, we've been, It's supposed been, to be the hottest thing on the block. It's the hottest thing on the block. I've been wanting to go there forever. It's very hard to get reservations. Um, Hannah and I ate there on her birthday at 5.45 p.m. Early bird special. Perfect. And another, a part of this experience that was also a best is we had a very assertive waitress. Mm. Um, 
if you know me, I've said that twice now, you know that I like for the wait staff at a restaurant to choose for me. I don't really like mm-hmm. to order my own food and I especially love recommendations from the staff. So, you know, usually you're like, oh, what should I order? What's the best thing? And they give you kind of like a, it's a loose answer. Like, oh, well, I really like this, but like, this is the most popular thing. Like something, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, very flexible answers. But this woman was like, pretty much unprompted. Like, this is the best thing in the snacks category. These are the two best mains. These are the best sides. This is the bread I like. And these are the cocktails you should order. And I was like, you are my dream. I you love said, you. Send it in. I said, put it in exactly as you say. And the strongest thing that she said was the lamb chops. Like She was like, the lamb chops changed my life. And they're, the full description is it's called the Lasuni lamb chops, black garlic, pink peppercorn, and dahi yogurt and we just Mm. got like two little chops and i don't really eat like red meat that much so and i didn't think that hannah was going to be game for this but she really likes lamb chops apparently so we ate it and it was just like truly like a transcendent bite like it's like oh this is why people eat meat like it was like so tender had like a nice crust like it was just really well cooked and like well seasoned and it was like buttery delicious crazy insane like i was like oh i would come here again just for this bite like one bite of lamb so good crazy so it was good and it was a really good like the whole vibe was good everything that she recommended was good the staff was so nice it's cute there so i really recommend daru if you can get a table (laughs) try to try to get a reservation on a weeknight because the weekends are still impossible yeah it was good you should go I know. I really do want to go. I always look at the menu, but I will say it does seem to skew fairly meat heavy. Yeah, we had um a couple of veggie things. We had the Baijan paneer, which is like an eggplant with like this rhubarb sauce and like paneer in it. We had um the scallops. God, those were they were really fucking good. They were in this like coconut broth. That Yum. was crazy. And the breads are amazing. We had the black doll burrata, which was really good. Um, oh, and we had the striped bass, also quite good. Okay. That sounds great. I'm happy that it was a knockout It was experience. a hit. It was a hit. Yeah, it was great. What was we your best of the month? My best of the month was actually this week. Um, I went to Little Donkey in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Fun. With a couple of friends from uh, the District of Columbia, Grace and Elise, shout out. They were Cute. here because they are um, faculty at Harvard. I'm going to go ahead and flex for them. Wow. Their, okay. Um, yeah, they've been doing it for like a decade and they had their big event. So we went out to dinner and Little Donkey, for those who aren't familiar, um, is a restaurant owned by Ken Oranger and Jamie Bissonette. They're kind of like the guys that have a bunch of restaurants in Boston like Copa and Toro and Faccia, Faccia. I'm absolutely saying that wrong. I went to that restaurant last month. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're the the guys. Um, Little Donkey is, I have no idea what kind of food. It's like globally inspired. Oh, actually, I think they, they advertise it as globally inspired tapas, which is kind Ooh. of confusing and also interesting. And it was just like a really good vibe it was really fun we did a bunch of sharing and everything that we got was fantastic we got um the tuna and salmon belly tartare which is served on crispy sushi rice and topped with tobiko fun we got the parker house rolls with sesame seeds green garlic butter and pimento cheese yum We got the um like a, a fried rice that was yummy. We got a ramen cacio pepe mm. uh, edamame and black pepper and parmesan in it. That was fantastic. But the best thing that I ate this month and the best thing that I ate there was the Kowloon fried cauliflower with chili garlic and sesame. The thing about me is I love cauliflower. You really do. But it's I find it really hard to make at home where it's like, the outside is crispy and there's a sticky sauce on it. Like, I just don't know how to make that work. And this was so like you bite into the cauliflower and the crust kind of like shatters. Like it's almost like a hard candy yum. shell. Like, Oh my crisp. God. Yum. But then it was like really, really like 
saucy and it was like sticky and sweet and um, a little spicy and covered in sesame seeds and scallions. And it was just like so bomb. Like I wish I could eat that cauliflower every single day. Wow. That sounds Um, crazy. It was crazy. I mean, if there's a cauliflower on the menu, I'm going to order it. And that was one of the best that I have had anywhere. So absolutely loved. Um, And I just wanted to give a little shout out to my girl, Brandy Carlisle, um, saw her yes, this ma'am. month with my friend Marie McGrath over there. <laughs> it was at the Out and About Festival at Wolf Trap, Virginia, the first, and she was absolutely on one. But my parents came, which was really, really nice. And so cute. They really went out of their way to be there and moved a couple of mountains in their own lives and showed up for me and Brandy and this festival. And that is something that absolutely qualifies as a best of the month to me wow that sounds really all like good stuff and i'm glad i got to be there for part of it and i wish that i could have been there for that meal because it sounds crazy you would love little donkey i know that yeah, i want to sure. go there i'm putting it on my list for sure yeah it was good all their places <laughs> are good but that collie was amazing god a collie can really just be so good I know. I I actually think that a collie is rarely bad. Do you think that that's like a little bit of a too I think that's a little bit of a, of a hot take. I think it's a little bit of a hot take, but I think at a restaurant you're right. It's almost it's can really easily be bad at home. That's for sure. Oh, at home I've done some really despicable things to cauliflower. For sure. For and sure. I've, I've really been like, "Wow, how could it possibly be this soggy?" I wonder. God, it's sometimes it's so soggy. I do feel like and I will, we can stop talking about cauliflower so soon, but I think like for the most part, people, you know, there's, you're not supposed to crowd things on a sheet pan. Yes. And for the most part, I think like you can get away with it and it's like, doesn't really matter that much. But cauliflower, I think is one of the things that really suffers from the steam factor. Oh yeah. It absolutely can't be crowded. And you know what? I think restaurants are actually probably almost never uh, baking cauliflower. And that's maybe, maybe the truth. that's the key. That's the key. I'm always baking cauliflower. Something I'm always baking me. it as well. And um, I'm crowding I'm crowding that tray. And I know I shouldn't. And but I can't I'm always stop. Like, this isn't that good. Yeah. I wonder it's a why. vicious cycle. God, we get ourselves in trouble with cauliflower. Um, speaking about in trouble. Yes. Somebody's in trouble with me. Uh-oh. And it's the Echo Stage venue in Washington, DC, because this is my worst of the month. Oh my God. Do you like that, that segue? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all ears. So Speaking of concert nonsense, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that Hannah and I were looking forward to doing in Pride Month was going to see Betty Who. And we saw that she was performing at Echo Stage, which is a like sort of ravey venue in D.C. Um, We bought those tickets before we before we knew she was coming to the White House. So we saw her at the White House and then we were slated to see her later that day. Um, it was a very long day. Hannah was working. We were out at the parade, whatever. We get home and we're like, damn, it's going to be hard to get to this show. Like, I wonder what time she goes on. And so we like went on a mission to try and figure out what her set time was. Simply impossible to find out. Like no information on the internet. I called the venue. They said they didn't know, which I'm like, what do you mean? Something like, about that is not right. You have some you have to know like you're probably telling her what time she's going on she's not like, just gonna a, like go on whenever she wants there's a run of show babe Look <laughs> there at is it. but they wouldn't tell me so hannah did some sleuthing uh amongst her personal contacts um and discovered that she didn't go on until 1 30 in the morning this show that was supposed to start at like illegal. 10 and we were like Oh boy. I don't know. We're on the couch. I was like, well, maybe we'll just set an alarm for like 1245 and see. Like maybe we'll be inspired. Maybe we won't. Obviously, so predictable. We were not inspired. My alarm mm-hmm. went off and I was like, hard pass. Goodbye. Toodaloo. Only to find out a few weeks later from a couple of our friends who did go. <gasps> guess how long guess how long her set was? Don't tell me. 15 minutes. She played three songs. (gasps) (laughs) Can you fucking imagine? Oh. If we had gone to this fucking show, either gone there at 10, waited until 1.30, and then she only played three songs, or got out of bed at 12.30, drove over there only for her to play three songs. Wait. 
Why did and she And the only tickets play were $65. Oh, was she the headliner? Like yeah, it was it was very falsely advertised. The whole thing was was oh. a complete scam, I think. My god, and she probably paid the same three songs she played earlier that day at the White House. That's right. And we saw her play like eight songs. Yeah, so. she really was having a time. So I'm I have beef with oh, Echo Stage. I think that that's complete bullshit. I'm yeah. I'm ready to fight with them about it. And so and I hate I to throw money should. away like that. So Echo Stage. Yeah, that I'm doesn't feel good. But honestly, like you would be raging if you did go. If I went, like I know yeah. that you're raging already, but like if you also if I went, I would have been sleep. up in arms for sure. That's so it was honestly crazy. better that I went to sleep. Yeah, three songs is egregiously not enough. And she was think... like front and center on the poster. Like that shouldn't be it. All right. All well, right. noted. I've never been to Echo Stage. And well, I, I think it was it was like a gay boy dance party. You know the type. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like DJ, DJ, DJ. Like party, party, party. Which is not something that I have the strength for at this time, regardless no. of how many songs Betty Who is playing. So that's okay. Absolutely not. You wouldn't catch me there ever. No. It was really ambitious to think we were going to do that. We know better for next year. Um, but you didn't know that it was going to be at 1 a.m. No, we did not know it was going to be at 1 a.m. We How did could not. you have known? You know? I mean, who could imagine such a thing? Not me. Not me. Anyway, what was your worst of the month? Marie, my worst of the month was one of the worst meals I've had, honestly. I'm so looking forward. Ever. It was... <laughs> It was comically atrocious. That's that's the best way that I can describe it. I went I to Grace Hall in South Boston, which mm-hmm. was recommended by actually a friend of yours, if I can be so uh, blunt. Oh, my. Um, and it's owned by the folks that own American Provisions, which is a place that I adore and mm. really frequented quite a bit when I lived in South Boston. And you know what? I got a sandwich from American Provisions today, and it was fantastic. So what's going wrong at Grace Hall? Yeah, something seriously went wrong, and I'm I'm not exactly sure. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. It was just some of the most disgusting food I've ever been served in a restaurant. (laughs) Like, it was crazy. And I'm going to tell you what we got. We got a house-made pretzel baguette. And it's served with mustard, B&B pickles, and pimento cheese. Sounds good. Marie, when it came to the table, I looked at Erica and I said, what is that? Because it didn't (laughs) look like anything that I knew. And I was like, I'm actually extremely familiar with baguettes. Like if if there's anybody that has really seen a baguette before, it's me. And like what I'm looking at is not a baguette. And it's also not a pretzel. No, the shape that this was in, it was like, I don't know. There were like weird, like blobs, like kind of like ovals of what I guess is the baguette, but they were um, all connected to each other, kind of Mm. like in triangles. Mm -hmm. And there were five of them. And I said, what's going on here? Then the mustard I really do love a spicy mustard, and I, I do believe that this was purchased somewhere. Mm. I dipped some of the, I'm going to go ahead and use air quotes, pretzel baguette into the mustard. And, like, my eyes, in, like, I was fully crying. Like, it was oh my God. so strong. And the pimento cheese was actually, like, concerning. Like, the texture of it was the texture of... I'm going to go ahead and say rice pudding with like smaller, like maybe the rice size is a third of a grain of rice. No. And it was like kind of soupy. No. It had no flavor. And I just said, what happened here? Um, So that was a zero out of 10, that plate. Um, Uh It was really actually very bad. So that's that. Moving on. I'm going to save actually the worst for last. But moving on to the next thing. Um. Handcuffed fries with garlic aioli. How bad could that be, right? I think you've I've never met actually, a fry you don't like. I've publicly said that on this podcast. And you know what? Did I eat the fries? Yes. Were they so crazily oversalted? Yes. Like Ooh. every single fry had at least 100 grains of salt on it. And I was like, <laughs> this is actually not safe to consume. And here I am eating oh them God. because there's nothing else that I can eat. Um, and the garlic aioli was simply put 
disgusting um <laughs> and they did not have ketchup also another thing i'd like to say about grace hall they don't have any beverages um like on tap like they don't have or um like they don't have a soda gun okay. so they really don't have any drinks um unless you're getting an alcoholic beverage and that's just not yeah. fair and not that's right. just a note um okay moving on to the next thing wow grilled carrots marie talk about overcrowding the pan oh no these folks were serving us carrots that steamed on a sheet tray there were at least 300 carrots on the sheet tray absolutely for sure and they weren't cooked um enough you know when you have a carrot where you're like is it raw or is it baked that was the game we were playing perfect and it was on a bed of what they called tahini hummus i'm actually really curious about like what does that mean? Doesn't all yeah, hummus like, have tahini? I'm like, isn't that hummus? Um, yeah. On a bed of some of the chunkiest and grittiest no. tahini hummus that I've ever experienced. Oh, my God. Um, And then extremely liberally drizzled with something that they called harissa maple, which mm. actually just tasted like a really, really, really sweet mayo, Um, which actually... I love mayo, but I can tell you it doesn't belong on carrots and hummus. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and then as a tar cashew, and I personally don't like cashews. So whoa, this was, I this was that about you. I mean, like I'll eat them, but I just don't really like them. Yeah. Um, this was so bad. Like this was something. Like the way that I described it to Erica was like if I made this for dinner, which it tasted like something you would make at your house. Mm-hmm. I would be so upset because it's so bad. You know, when you're like, Ooh, yeah, I think I'm doing something here, and then you're like, this is actually disgusting. Yeah. That's what happened. But the worst. I wish you had pictures. All, oh my god. I know. I like didn't take pictures, and I don't know what I was thinking. Um, the worst thing of all, the little gem salad with English peas, pecorino, burnt lemon, citronette, and herbs. Okay. This salad was so sweet and so bitter at the same time, which mm. those two things together equals inedible. It yep. was literally Erica took one bite and had to wipe her tongue on her napkin. Like oh that's. My God actually the level that we're talking and it was a very 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 thick vinaigrette um that really really just tasted like ass and then it was covered with a huge sprinkling of pecorino and like i love cheese but i can tell you that cheese with that dressing really didn't work and then the peas <sighs> this is actually one of the weirder parts to me the only like a vegetable in this salad is peas on top oh. of these no, sorry. Go well, ahead. Well, there's lettuce, little okay, gems. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the little gems were cut in half. So, like, it was kind of like when you get, like, a, like a half of romaine. And like you a have wedge to use, like, salad. Like a and knife. Yeah, and you're like, this is really fucking annoying. The peas, um, you guys are familiar with peas. They're actually pretty small. Um, the peas were cut <laughs> into, like, fourths. And I was like, why? Like, we didn't need, like, pea shells. Like, if you're going to cut anything more, cut the lettuce, please. Cut the lettuce. Nobody likes to cut their own lettuce. Like if I wanted to chop a head of lettuce, I would eat at my house. Yeah. They were just giving us like you are cleaning out your fridge and you're trying (laughs) to make magic happen and you messed up big time. Like that's what I got at Gray's (gasps) Hall. Oh my God. But I paid like $60 for it. And I have to tell you, it was so bad. This salad was actually one of the worst things I've ever eaten in my life. And I do you think it's going to be worst of the year? I think I, I I can't remember like having a meal from top to bottom that was just like so bad. Like usually Uniformly you're like, oh, bad. this like one thing was like really bad, LOL. But like some of the things were passable. Like it's and like, I don't know, Erica especially is like not that like picky and she's like doesn't want to be rude. So she can mm-hmm. usually muscle through. But she was like, I actually like can't eat another bite of any of this oh my god that is unbelievable the quartered peas sent me to space the quartered peas and the, and but they were like hiding under the lettuce i was like what this sounds so weird are they okay on? over there what's I actually going don't do they have a horrible day okay. i i don't know i just don't know it was so <laughs> so bad oh my um god but it's okay. On my way home, I, I did get a palate cleanser in the form of ice cream from Pico. So yes. it's okay. Um, But it was truly so bad. Um, That's fucking hilarious. So yeah, I actually like, 
I'm almost like I would recommend that you go because I would love for you to see for yourself. I need for someone else. I need to, I need to know if it was a fluke or not, you know? I know. Well, we can talk offline about who made the recommendation and we'll see what their experience wait. is. But yes, I have an horrible. idea. I have an idea. Yeah. Um. Okay. Speaking of recommendations from people, you're yes. about to get some recommendations from us um, yeah. for the month. So my recommendation for you is to become a simple syrup girly. Um, and let me talk to you a little bit about that. Recently, in the last like six months or so, I encountered a video on the internet from like a food waste account that I follow. And they said, don't throw away your strawberry tops, put them in a Ziploc in the freezer and then use them to make strawberry simple syrup. Great idea. No problem. I tried it. It was fantastic. So this is a new something that I do all the time. I save up my strawberry tops and then I make a strawberry simple syrup with them. Really fun. Um, Love to have like a little strawberry lime Ricky moment with with some seltzer in the middle of the day. Um, I think I've talked about ginger simple syrup on here. I love to have it in the fridge, etc. Um, I have another kind of simple syrup in my fridge right now, which is, I wish I, I've had it in my mind recently. I had it in my mind, not recently, like five minutes ago when I was thinking about saying this, I think it's like a lime one, but I can't actually, Oh, I have a mint simple syrup right now, which is Ooh. really fun that I made because my, I had a bunch of mint, like I had too much and I didn't know what to do with some of it. And then the other day I said, Oh, I have some basil. I'll make a basil simple syrup because then I can make a basil lemonade whenever I want. So what I'm trying to tell you is if you're throwing stuff away, that seems like it could be fun to make like into a soda or a cocktail. You should make a simple syrup and then just have it in your fridge because nothing gives me more joy these days than at like three o'clock when I'm like, oh, I like kind of want a coffee, but I don't really want a coffee, like kind of want a cocktail, but like it's three o'clock and I also like don't want to have a cocktail every day and just just make yourself a fancy little seltzer with like a fun little simple syrup. There's nothing more fun than that. And you feel like a fancy queen. So and they stay for a while. You can keep them in your fridge for like a month and they're fun to give as gifts. So that's my rec for you as a person who's slowly beginning to accumulate a crazy number of simple syrups. Really fun. (laughs) I love it. And I fully support this. I think that it is a beautiful thing to not let those gorgeous little things go to waste and also get a fancy soda out of it. Yeah. And it's, it's it's fancy soda season. If there, if there is one, I think maybe it's an, it's an all year thing, but definitely now more than ever. I couldn't agree more. Clover Food Lab, a place that I worked, um, did do a seasonal soda. So I actually have made a lot of simple syrups as you speak of, but I haven't continued um, the tradition in my own home. And so I'm inspired. Do it. It's so fun. I'm going to do it. Except for I do do pretty regularly uh, forget that I'm making a simple syrup and accidentally turn something into candy on the stove. So I would not recommend that. It's not if you good. can help it, the candy. <laughs> it's just like impossible. It's just like suddenly you have a pan with one inch of hard candy mm. in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Not that easy to clean, I'll say. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, <laughs> you got to keep your eye on it. Yeah, don't forget about it. I'm. A, you guys know about me. I can't remember anything. So set those what timers, I girls. What you were gonna say is just making simple syrup and keeping it in your fridge for like coffee and stuff because mm. I I have been doing that for my matcha. I've decided that yes. the best sweetener is simple syrup. Um well I've been so- putting a strawberry simple syrup in my matcha and it's good. Ooh. Really fun. That is really fun. Wait, yeah. how is your matcha journey going? My matcha journey is going pretty well. I'm still on my ice matcha game. Sometimes I I actually have been doing a little bit of like whipped strawberry, like strawberry simple syrup and oat milk whipped on top of my matcha. Oh my God. Really good. So fun. Yum. Yeah. I'm still searching for like the matcha that I want to commit to for my, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So far. I'm I'm not disliking anything I've been having, but nobody is, I'm not like committing for life, you know? 
Well, I like the Smith Tea Maker muffin. Yeah, I need to no try it. No surprise there. No surprise there. She's a Smith girl. Okay, speaking of recommendations, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to recommend a book. Woohoo! Um, it's The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donoghue. You may know the author because she wrote Promising Young Woman, which actually is a book that I haven't read and it's a movie that I haven't seen. I know that it was challenging in your home. Murray, it was indeed, that, but I haven't read it, film. just seen it. Yeah. Um, But the Rachel incident was truly a delight. Like, I feel like this was marketed to me as being like an unput downable read that was just like really fun and like a really fresh voice, but, you know, a very like important conversation and you know being like this is going to be the book of the year blah 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 blah. um I loved it I loved it I rated it five stars um it's a funny moving thoughtful novel about Mm -hmm. two friends that meet when they are in their like late teens early 20s because they both work at a bookstore in Ireland in the small town Cork And they like immediately move in together randomly. And James is gay, but doesn't, isn't quite ready to talk about it. And Rachel is kind of figuring out her own shit as like a very tall woman that is like figuring out her body and her life and all of that. And she's in school and James is just kind of hanging around working at the bookstore. And it's just about their life. Um, Rachel has a crush on her English professor and he has recently written a book. And so they kind of come up with this plan to get him to do a book launch event at their teeny tiny bookstore um, about his like nonfiction book about something that nobody cares about, but he comes to the store and what comes next is dot, dot, dot the Rachel incident. What I loved about this book is it was like, it had so many layers and like the top layer, the like face value layer was just like, it was just fun. And I also recently read another book that was like chock full of pop culture references in a bad way where it was like, it just took Mm. me out of the book every single time. Like I was like, I just don't need you to say Peloton, like stop. This book is set in like the, um, I feel like the 1990s, like early 1990s, Mm. but this is like a line that I can't stop thinking about. Like one of the characters in the book um, has lupus mm-hmm. and literally my mind instantly was like, Oh my God, like that girl on America's next top model. And like the next line in the book was like, like Mercedes on America's next top model. Oh and I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> like it was just like perfectly done for me. Um, but then it definitely talks, well kind of explores like some much heavier and heady topics like, abortion and love and sexuality and belonging and friendship and connection and i loved it highly recommend oh i'll put it on my list i feel like you would like it yeah i'm excited to read it it's the perfect book to me where it's like easy and fun but is actually like thought-provoking and meaningful Mm -hmm. so i love that that's that's what i'm in the market for this summer it's the perfect summer read. Uh, maybe that's why it came out now. Amen. All right. What are we talking about in the culture? Let's talk culture. We have a couple of important things to put down um, as moments in time for the month mm-hmm. of June 2023. We're not going to go into them, but we do need to state them. The incident with the Ocean Gate submersible was this month. It consumed a lot of my time and brainwaves and also a lot of the internet Mm -hmm. and that's we don't need to go farther i just feel like you know i wanted to mark the passage of time with that important fact another thing that i don't want to go that deep into because it's going to make me (laughs) fucking upset um is the supreme court uh (laughs) ended their term at the end of the month with a series of truly trash decisions um, on affirmative action, gay rights and student loan debt. And um, we fucking hate those guys. And uh, I'm eager to see what will come following. But that has been a major occupation of mine for uh, the end of the month of June. Yeah, it's been dark. Um 
one thing that I saw on the internet recently in regards to these two topics is um, a, like a tweet or something to the effect of like, I do believe that those six Supreme Court judges could fit in a submersible. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of like Supreme Court field trip to the Titanic uh, tweets and that's where the center of the Venn diagram is just hitting. And that's exactly right connects. for us. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's all very fucked up and it's all very dark, but um it's kooky this it's, this news cycle. We live in a cuckoo time. Um and speaking of a cuckoo time, um one final thing for me on culture, which is decidedly less um important, but we taught we touched on it at the or top more. of the episode. Or could be more important, it, or it could contain all of what we're talking about here. Um, is the alleged Olivia Rodrigo Taylor Swift beef, um, which I'm going to link to the Reddit page that I think is pertinent here in the show notes. But the TLDR is um, Taylor Swift was credited on a couple of Olivia's songs, retroactively credited Mm -hmm. um, after the songs became popular. And some people think that that led to a fallout and that led to a sort of like a don't meet your heroes moment um and they were kind of like buddy buddy after when olivia was rising to fame and now they've been really radio silent on each other there have been some like underhanded moves that folks are citing and i think it's interesting i actually was like totally not hip to this until the like a couple days leading up to olivia rodrigo's new song vampire which just came out yeah, I'm like, I don't think that I really know. So please send me all of the uh, materials. I will review them ASAP. But um, isn't it also true that Olivia Rodrigo was like a huge Taylor Swift fan? She's so a that's huge, like- huge, huge Swifty, like major Swifty. And I think and like she was always talking about it. And so when she started getting famous, Taylor Swift was like, kind of like took her under her wing and was like, oh, Olivia Rodrigo is my daughter, whatever, like cute shit like that. And they were like always cross posting each other. But then after this beef, especially with um, Good For You, where she got the like retroactive songwriting credit, um, there was some like comments and interviews that people think were about Taylor Swift and they sort of like stopped being friends online. Um, So they think that it was sort of like she feels like Taylor Swift was kind of trying to take a piece of her pie, which I honestly kind of do too. I don't know. Because was Taylor coming for her to get the credit yes that's the that's what's hypothesized because of the bridge in good for you being reminiscent of the bridge in cool cruel summer which i think is bullshit to be music honest. is so complicated and actually that um this is a little tangential but that podcast every album ever um mm-hmm. they do it for a bunch of people but like i've been listening to the taylor swift ones recently and they'll be like Oh, like this is the exact thing from like this song. And I'm like, okay, first of all, how did you just like pick that out of your brain? And second mm-hmm. of all, I'm listening to the this clip that you're playing and I actually don't hear it. And like maybe that's <laughs> me, but like I don't know. I'm like, are, there are really only so many notes, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Send there me everything. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's I think it's a little undeniable. I wonder I really wonder what will happen. Well, we'll see. What do you think? Mm, I think that they're both being like, I think that Olivia Rodrigo is being pretty classy about it. And also, like, I just think that it's kind of fucked up to, like, demand a songwriting credit on something that is so small, such a small part of the song. And also so, like, everybody borrows from everybody. Like, that's the way that art and music works. Mm -hmm. And I think to, like, come for your slice of the cash for like from a young artist who loves you um and i think paramore also got a songwriting credit in the same way which i'm like i'm sure that that is like you know it's not just like the artist going after the artist like it's the the studio or like whatever the like production people who are doing this but i'm like i just think that it sucks because you know like olivia rodrigo is a child she is having this huge rise to stardom but she doesn't want to like create a public feud with like two of the most popular artists of all time both of whom are folks that she has cited as like personal heroes so i just feel like it's a little sad for her yeah i'm i mean like she's she's fine obviously (laughs) but like it sucks 
Yeah. So, I don't know. And then Taylor taking Sabrina Carpenter out on tour. Like, uh-huh. Do we think that that's related? Yes. I, I mean, it's certainly suspicious. I don't know. Maybe not. Who can say? Who can say? It's definitely, they definitely had a little bit of a falling out at the very least, which, you know, who can say? Why? You know what? I'm going to say something. It seems like Taylor's had a bit of a falling out with quite a few people. So mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. I think that she's a, she's pretty uh, like fiercely protective around her music in a way that is not very like generous. Yeah. And I was also just thinking, I just read something that, and I don't know if this is true because it seems rather crazy, but that like every night of her tour, she makes like $13 million or something. So I'm no, like, I think that is true. So I'm like, do you really need like anything like from royalties this from good for you from a 17 year old? Like, come on now. Yeah. Especially when like Taylor Swift was 17, she was probably also like lifting from people's songs, whatever. Definitely listen to every <laughs> podcast ever. You'll hear mm-hmm. about it. Um, to round out this culture section, uh, we've both been, well, I've been a big movie goer, which is actually something I've really been enjoying in my spare time. If you get our newsletter, past lives was incredible. And I really recommend seeing that in a theater. Um, Marie went to go see a movie today in in very rainy Maine. I did. I saw no hard feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Would you recommend? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I think it's interesting. Okay, I can't wait. Also, I would really recommend watching um, Jennifer Lawrence do Hot Ones. Do you ever watch Hot Ones, Marie? Yeah, I watched the Jennifer Lawrence Hot Ones. I thought it was funny. And then she was on Watch What Happens Live. And she was like, I threw up everywhere after that. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Really interesting behind the scenes uh, peak that I wanted. Yeah, I feel like more people throw up than they admit. Absolutely. But anyways, speaking of movies, there's a big, big, big day coming out, coming up. What is the day exactly? The day is like July 21st or something. Let me see. Uh, Yeah, July 21st. Exactly. I'm looking forward. Um, And July 21st is the day that both Barbie, the movie, and Oppenheimer will be released. Um, I think that both kind of speak for themselves barbie the movie is you know about barbie in the real world it's kind of giving like enchanted Mm -hmm. um in the trailer and then oppenheimer is about um how they created the atomic bomb so different vibes different vibes different vibes but people on the internet are going absolutely crazy for this dual double double header barbenheimer yeah and people are like what's the right order what's the right approach how do you do it um Mm -hmm. emery what's your take how do you how do you do it do you watch these in the same day if so who yes why i and i have a controversial take i think that you go out for lunch or brunch have a couple of cocktails see barbie okay and then maybe get a sandwich or just go straight into Oppenheimer. But you know that I am a glutton for punishment. In the dark. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think that that's the right thing for most people, but it is the right thing for me. And will you be spending July 21st at the movies? <laughs> um, I don't think that I'll be spending July 21st at the movies because I'm a little scared of <laughs> the people. Like, the people on that day. But I actually would like to do a Barbenheimer doubleheader, just not on the release day. I mean, here's the thing. Both movies look fantastic. Like the yes, Oppenheimer trailer looks very, very, very good. But I do think it'll maybe make you want to run for the hills. That's right. Like, I think if I see Oppenheimer, I don't I'm not going to want to continue sitting in a movie theater and watch Barbie. Like, I feel You're like I need the I need home. the hype from Barbie to, like, carry me through Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um. I also recently watched Asteroid City, the Wes Anderson movie. And I have to tell you. I don't know if I totally got it, but I liked it. <laughs> the trailer looked fun today. I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I like it. Yeah, I don't think that they super know what's happening either. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Great. movies, they're fun. And it feels like we're kind of like back in movie culture as a society. Like, I think I feel like pre-pandemic and then obviously pandemic, we were being like really, really begged to go to the movie theaters because the streamers had taken over. Mm-hmm. And it feels like more movies are doing the movie theater release and more people are going to see them there. 
Yeah, we've got some big blockbusters coming out, and that's fun. I also can't wait. Actually, I think this comes out this weekend. Um, the movie with like Aquafina and Stephanie Shu. Oh um, yes. What is it called? It looks oh, so good. I can't remember what it's called, but we were talking about it. I'm looking at Stephanie Shu's IMDb. Stephanie Shu is one of my favorite actresses now. It turns so out. good. Um, okay. Let's see. Let's see. It is called, oh my God, where is it? Wait. Joyride? Joyride. Also, though, American Born Chinese is a TV show that looks excellent. Yes, I really want to see that. Um, Joyride, when does this come out? It comes out. Why is it so hard to find this information on an IMDb page? Couldn't tell you. Hello, where are you? July 7th. (gasps) Okay, I'm going to go see it this weekend. Yeah, fun. All right. Yeah. Anyways, that's movies. Uh, The next time we love them. We will have watched both of those films. And, I can't wait uh, to discuss them. Yeah, we will report back. Absolutely. So other than seeing Barbie and Oppenheimer, what else mm-hmm. is in the cards for you for the month of July? For July, I'll be on Cape Cod for um, 75% of it. Nice. So that means a lot of time floating in the pond, reading knitting on the porch, eating ice cream and fried food and just generally chilling, which so nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm currently in Boston, but I'm living the city life and that's different from the Cape Cod life. So I'm excited Indeed. for that. Um and I, yeah, I'm going really hard on my knitting. I the thing about me is that I have like five projects in the works right now and none mm-hmm. that are like anywhere near finished, which is just annoying and stupid to do, but I can't avoid it. Um, today I went to a knitting store in Boston and it's owned by my former colleague at Anthropology. I was like, hello, Sarah. I was like, how long have you worked here? She was like, I own it. I was like, oh my, oh my God. God, that's so cute. I'm so happy for her. Um, but so I obviously couldn't walk out without buying, you know, five skeins of yarn. So of course. But she printed a little a project. I was like, I need the easiest sweater that exists because yeah, I are you gonna? Your it. birthday is coming up. Are you? Well, my my birthday goal was to make an article of clothing, and um, hun, I made some pajama pants. Okay, that's and so true. You did. I've made a hat, and that's it. But my right. hat is my hat is ugly, but it is a <laughs> hat. And something that's not right all that matters. Top. Yeah, so I actually do feel good. The sweater kit that I got is, it's impossible. It says it's beginner, but it's, the yarn is so crazy. Um, yeah, that yarn is weird. You showed it to me. Yeah, so I'll be building up to it. Um, but that's what I'll be up to this month. And I'll also be, um, you know, completing a trip around the sun. Yes, you will. What are you going to be up to? I'm traveling a lot this month. Um, I'm currently in Maine. I'm going to Miami. I'm going to Denver. I'm going to New Mexico. I'm going to Pennsylvania. I'm going back to Denver. I'm going back to New Mexico. It's a whole thing. So what's in New Mexico? Well, we're going to New Mexico for first. We're going for Hannah's grandfather's memorial service. Uh Um, And then uh, we are also going on a vacation with Nini and Nick, but that was planned before we knew we would also be going um, again. I guess actually our our uh, second New Mexico trip is in August. Okay. So I'm mostly I'm traveling between I'm traveling for the next three weeks and then that's the then I'll be home for the final week of Ugh. July. Well, at least we'll be home. Great, we have that in common. (laughs) Yeah, we're going. We pick. We plan this accordingly for friendship times. Absolutely, I love it. Overall, I would say June was pretty good. It was a good month. Yeah, I had a nice June. I like June. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year. Happy Happy Pride Life. life. (laughs) As our president said before our eyes, he said it, and we said cosign forever yeah i liked it he was really deeply enthusiastic yeah he loves gay people and i love that about him 
you know, one of my other highs of this month, even though we're, you know, completing our podcast here is Hannah, your girlfriend, let me, you know, pretend like I was in Veep because she did take me to the set of Veep, which really is just the executive offices. And that was pretty cool as a Veep lover. Veep lover. I really need to watch it someday. Oh my I will. God, it's honestly being in that building. I uh, watching the interactions between Hannah and her colleagues. I said, yep. It's all well, that's why now you know why I she know. couldn't watch it. She no, was like, said, unfortunately, forever. this is my life. But I think we will watch it once she's no longer in that job. It's so good. But anyways, um, anything else? No, I just love you. I just love you. Have a and... great final month of being 31. Oh, my God. Thanks. You're it's welcome. Crazy. This is our month. This is our time of being the same age. It's fun for us. I love to be the same age as you. I know. I like to be 31. It's a fun year. It's yeah. a good age. It's good. Early 30s. 32 early is still 30s. early 30s. It is. We've got a few years left of our early 30s. Thank God. I'm not ready to be in my mid 30s. No, that feels a little wrong. Feels different. Feels different. Well, until next time. Thank you for spending your spare time with us. Goodbye. Goodbye.